as to how things are going. Um, this morning's speaker is not new to the church. His first time at RUMC was almost three decades ago. And his story, I started to get to know a little bit when Bo came back to the choir. And he is a tenor. And I am in the tenor section. And I got to know him a little bit. And I invited him to men's breakfast. And that led to a series of conversations. And I tell you what, every time we sit down and chat, I learn about another dimension to his life. And so I am excited this morning for Bo to come up. And he's got several folks, his neighbors here, his mentors here, his son is here. Who, who came in support of him this morning, and I hope after the uh, after he's done here, you may have more questions than time will allow, and he'll be willing to hang around and uh, you know chat up. We are going to have announcements at the end. We have an all to your life opportunity um, that I will so we'll, we'll make certain to do that at the end. So, Bo, did you get to have a little bit of bite of breakfast? I did. Excellent. So, uh, give a give a warm welcome to Bo Bryson. Good morning, everyone. I, um, is my mic okay? Yep. yep. I'm somewhat soft-spoken. And we don't have to turn these guys around over to that side just so they can see me. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> anyway, this morning, uh, I do want to recognize a few people that I brought. And one is my neighbor on the right side of me, Jose Velarde. If you get a chance, please say hello. I've got Sam Lewis here, who was my golfing buddy for years. I have my son, Patrick Bryson. He's starting his 32nd year at Walmart over on Mansell Road. And I've got my mentor for 32 years. This man, our wives work together, and he is an architect. And I wanted to be a woodworker. And I was more of a wood butcher. <laughs> and this man came into my life, and he's a Greek, and he's gone through the Bible seven times. But I want you to know that he took my woodworking and, and put it to a different level. I got a great job. But what he didn't realize is how closer he got me to the cross. Because I followed in his footsteps over these years. And I'm such a better Christian today because of him being in my life and seeing how he treated his customers, how he treated his, his friends. And the amazing man. So please say hello to Plutarch and Bacchus. He's named after the Greek poet. And uh, and over those years, I learned a lot about the Greek church also. I would like to, uh, just on a trivia base, does anyone know what preacher gave the last sermon up in the little sanctuary before we moved to the uh, up in the chapel before we moved to the sanctuary. John McKechnie. Say again. John McKechnie. Nope. Lincoln. 
Burl Yes. Burl And I got to know Burl. Uh, he uh, was a great pre preacher. And the, that theme that day was taking the five of this, this generations in this old house of this couple who lived there, but they always maintained the fire in the fireplace. And his theme that day was bringing that fire to the new house that they had built. It was a great summer, I'll never forget it. Another thing Bill did is he married, as the pastor for my wife and I, we were married in the chapel in 1991, but I was already a Methodist. And now, after that, I want to take you back to 1979. And I was a research scientist for the largest powder company in the United States. We made the most dynamite of anyone. And I handled a lot of these since I'm an aeronautical type. Some of the problems when we had fly rock and some things that just didn't go as planned. So I'm up in Pennsylvania where our research lab was, but I got a call from my boss and he says, you gotta get down to Georgia. He says, we've had the distributor down there throw rock out the quarry and hit some airplanes. In addition to that, it's a little town north of Atlanta called Kennesaw. But sure enough, I came down, and that was my introduction to, to Atlanta. And also, uh, all the granite that's in Atlanta. You guys are sitting on top of a big dome of granite. Granite's a very hard one to shoot. I want to tell you that we didn't get completed. Uh, I did all the high-speed movie camera work. I had to measure rock coming off the face. But there was one rock that slipped out of that quarry and landed over to the airport. And, and everybody shoots around lunchtime. And so that's when people go to lunch and people are coming out of the quarry. That's usually when they set their shots off. Well, thank goodness, because this big rock, it flew out of that quarry and it hit in the parking lot at the airport. And they have those little restaurants, you know, where everybody gets a hamburger or something. Bounced over the little restaurant, into the parking lot again, and went right into a hangar where the lady just pulled out with her VW and went to lunch. And so it would have crunched. In fact, it ended up in her office. And I went over there to look at it, and it was the size of a vehicle. And then they had a good sense of humor since being close to the quarry all the time because I talked to the guy and I said, you know, I can get a, a crew over here and we can get that rock out of here. And he said, no, he says, you leave it there. He says, I'm going to paint it silver and I'm going to put a DIN number on it. <laughs> he says, it might fly out of here one day. <laughs> But anyway, I didn't get finished, and our tech rep here, he said, since you're going to have to spend a weekend, why don't you come to church for my family? I said, well, I'd be glad to. And he says, you're staying in Atlanta, but you're going to go around, we're going to do highway that goes around 285. And he says, there'll be a road that goes north, 
and it will say um, you're going to um, Tamale, <laughs> but it won't say anything about Roswell. Somebody says, I live in Roswell, and when that road dead ends, it says you'll be in Roswell. Okay. So I go up there, there's nobody on this 400. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a road I and I'm just cruising up to the church. And I'm in church, and I hear this young preacher. And I'm already in Methodist. But I'm from Western Carolina, up in the mountain. And we, we've had some good preachers up there. And this man gave such a beautiful sermon. I teared up twice. That was Malone and Dawson. And I said, if I ever have an opportunity to be back in Georgia again, this is where I want to go to church. In fact, I just think I might want to live here. Well, as it was, this was in 1979. Three years later, I had to come back in and take over that distributorship. And in so doing, I moved to Roswell and got to hear a lot, a lot more. I'm still in Memphis. <clears throat> now I want to take you back to the mind of a nine-year-old. And I was running and lived and went everywhere in the mountains outside of Asheville, North Carolina. We lived way out in the country. We had garden. We grew corn. Now the garden my mother grew corn in, that was her corn. We, we never had a pathway. We were always on the side of the road. But that other 50 acres or so was never how many bushels you got. It was already always how many gallons. All the corn up there on the side of the hill was converted to the moonshine. And I do want to say I'm eighth generation from that area. Wow. So we made a lot of whiskey over there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the mind of the nine-year-old, this puts us four and a half years after the, the Second World War. And my dad was in Baton's Army. Most all the veterans were back home. And we had the Marshall Plan going on. <clears throat> we were just finishing up the world in there. <clears throat> And we had a big word, Korea. Now, up in the mountains, nobody knew where it was. And we didn't have any real news sources. There was no cable. Um, there was a very little electricity. And, but we did have the Asheville Citizen Times that we got probably two days after it was really published. And we had, if you went into town, we had to a movie theater, we had movie tone news. And I mean, I love that. It showed all the tanks going and the guys marching and who was going, who got shot at throughout the world. Do people, you guys remember movie tone news? It was great. Uh, <clears throat> now, I was a Baptist at that time, almost. My mother was Baptist. 
My dad was a Methodist, <clears throat> but we went to the church where my mother said we go. And being nine, I was getting ready for my baptism. And you've got to be somewhere immersed if you're going to go to heaven and you're a Baptist. And that's the way they just taught And I was in the school and I knew about my sins. And I didn't know what stress was. I felt something just wasn't right. But my sins were pretty much normal except one. And, and, and my sins consisted of knocking tobacco down in a tobacco barn. If you ever get in a tobacco barn in the old days, they had a real, real sweet smell. And all this tobacco hung up there. But we knocked it down so we could wrap it up and smoke it. That's pretty bad. And then my bodies were a couple of years ahead of me. By the way, our school out there were all 12 grades with one building. There's no pre-kindergarten, there was no kindergarten. It was one through 12. And that was it. So I think he was in the sixth grade or something, but he chewed the back. I could have had that tobacco. And I kept pestering. Now he would go to school. Now I'm talking about overalls, no shoes. He says, no, you're too young for this. I said, no, I can't. I know I can So I finally talked him into it. So one morning going to school, he said, okay, he says, just put a little bit between your cheek and your gut. It was a beach dog. I remember the package of this bear. He opened that up, and I got, he said, that's too much. I said, okay. And I put it in there. <laughs> and I took about four steps <laughs> on the way to school. And I thought, holy cow. I mean, my inner ears went wacko. <laughs> my stomach went wacko. <laughs> and, and I said, I can't do this. He's not trying to tell you. <laughs> and so I went home. And my mother said, You're sick. And I says, Yeah. What happened? I ate green cherries. That's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> green cherries. So she took me to the doctor. Well, the doctor knew that. This is a kind of uh, sitting. Oh, and by the way, stealing cigarettes. Not stealing them, but buying them and um, smoking them. Yeah. Just want to stop right there. Uh, George General Patton. He said that the greatest war implement ever, ever made was the M1 Garand, clip fed, eight rounds, 30 on six, weighed nine and a half pounds. Let me tell you, we walked the woods in those hollows with the greatest weapon <coughs> a nine-year-old could possibly carry. And that was the Daisy Eagle air rifle. <laughs> <laughs> and we were known in the hollers up there, they had the best printer screens. And if you were known by how well you could shoot, what happened to me at the top of the list always in my hollow? And one morning I was getting dressed for church, 
there's a little um, brick on the front said Oakley Methodist Church. And on the way home from school that day, I always take a shortcut down to my place. I was straight when I went down to that church. Walked uh, along the little walk, big doors locked on them. The pastor happened to be inside. He came to the door and he opened it. It's kind of you know, in my, my, my best, best Christian voice. I said, yes, sir, I'm here today. And I'd love to join your church. And he paused and I caught him by surprise. And his words to me were, have you talked to your parents about this? And I said, no. I said, it's a personal decision. What he did was he called my, my mother. And, and of course, once my dad got involved, he was all for it. But he asked me my phone number. And, 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 and Sammy's going to enjoy this. My phone number, I still remember, was 5889. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so three weeks later, I walked down that aisle and I was at uh, I kneeled down and I was sprinkled and I became a Methodist. And I've been a part of the church ever since. That's my story. And I'm so glad I did what I did. Now, obviously, um, I wouldn't have disappeared. It just doesn't happen. But in my mind, I was a bummer. And since then, I've always been a shooter all my life. But we really, my son and I both really shoot paper. And we call it shooter. But, um, we, uh, I never killed another mom. Thank you for having me today. Thank you both. <clears throat> you know, we got to hear a couple of examples there you know, about invitation. Um, it, did I write it down right? Was it Jimmy Wilson? Jimmy Wilson, uh, you know, said something that intrigued, in this case, uh, 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 it's hard to believe what a nine-year-old registers as sin, right? Um, but I guess what matters is how you feel about it, not exactly what you did, but how you feel about it. And Jimmy being there for you to introduce you to Oakley Methodist Church, did I get that right? I'm going to say, it'd be interesting to see if, if it's still there. And a pastor coming to a door and greeting you and saying, you know, treating you like an adult, but yet not a full adult. I just am thinking so much about what's going to happen this weekend at Alton Your Life and the youth that are going to come here with different expectations um, than, than they leave here with. It's going to be very, very exciting. Um, do you remember the name of the guy who, when you visited Kennesaw, invited you to church that Sunday? Yeah, Dan McCutcheon. Um, invitation is a powerful, powerful thing. And getting somebody to come visit you in your environment, which you're comfortable in, 
It's a strange circumstance for them. Anytime we have a guest, you may be totally at ease. This may be a new situation for them. And anytime we can be hospitable in such a way that they can feel at home, boy, I think that we, we really responded to our calling to make people feel comfortable and safe and a chance to share how we got started. So um, nine years old, BB gun, Robin. Wow, I, there will be a, a Baptist Robin song. I'm on the look for a song for Bo that has Baptist and Robins and, 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 and full immersion in it for, for, for him. Um, our, our story does not end when we accept God and receive salvation. So you've heard the first chapter of Bo's story. There is a lot more to his journey than that. I encourage you to you know, follow up with him and see what happened since he became a nine-year-old Methodist um, with a BB gun. <laughs> um, so this morning, um, we have a couple other announcements.